the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here, joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Feed the Noise podcast. And how, how horrible. That's what a lot of the primetime games have been this season. But maybe the Chargers and Chiefs game uh, from a week ago today has uh, broken us out of the funk, uh, Lundy, because we do have San Francisco going to Tennessee tonight in a game that, according to the odds makers, is going to be a heated and tight contest, potentially from start to finish. San Francisco is laying three. The total right now is 45 at tape time. Pull these odds from DraftKings Sportsbook. So put your Santa hat on, my man, and uh, deliver me hopefully some cash in the stocking. Uh, Give me a game score prediction, amigo. Uh, you know for a fact that there's not a Santa hat that fits this freaking dome. Uh, Shrek of mine. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've got, like, I make Peyton Manning's dome look like nothing. <laughs> um, all right, a prediction on tonight. Here's the thing. I don't trust Tennessee. I just don't trust Tennessee. I don't care that they're at home. Um, I, I know they've got some players back. I know, But this is a team that in the last four games has only managed to beat the Jags, okay? And I already threw it out there that I thought the Jaguars should go take Texas A&M's place. Uh, <laughs> or, hey, that was and, supposed to be Illinois' place. Yeah, well, I know you were hoping for that because of Shad Khan and uh, uh, his connections to the Illini. But I, I, I'm serious. I, I really thought that maybe the Jags should just go and play in a bowl game. Um, and then they could invite Urban Meyer back and he might feel a little bit more at home. Um, he might actually win a game. That's what I was. It's just right up the road. It was easy to get to with the Gator Bowl. But no, they had to go a different route. All right. Uh, I digress. Uh, For me tonight, uh, Brad, I'm taking San Francisco in this one. I will give up the points. I'm saying 24-20 Niners. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's going to be that high scoring. I think this is going to be kind of a rock'em, sock'em, robots, uh, drain the life out of me sort of game. So I'm going to go with Tennessee to spring the upset here. So I may sprinkle a little action on the money line. Uh, and that presently, again, a tape time here on this Thursday morning at plus 140. Uh, so, obviously, I'm going to take the three here. Uh, I am going to go 20-17 to 17 Tennessee in the end, getting the three-point victory and hosing down the scorching hot San Francisco 49ers. With that, bartender, bartender, pour us another edition on this hashtag tequila Thursday of the Fade Five. Number five. All right, Lundy, let's go ahead and get back in the saddle here on some of the favorite player props that are on my card. Uh, last week, as many of you know, if you follow the spreadsheet, at Noisy Cuevos on Twitter, follow Lundy uh, on that forum as well, at Nate Lundy. Uh, I took one straight to the chops. Uh, just down over 10 units. Uh, it was not so great, but I'm up 31 units on the season. So I'm going to try to right the wrongs of last week and hopefully start this week off on the right foot and in the fade five today. And with that, give me Ryan Tannehill, not getting it done with the arm, but with the legs on the over 14 and a half rush yards. Pull this one uh, at DraftKings at minus 115. Some of the books right now, it's up to 15 and a half. This line opened at 16 and a half. I would play this up to about 17 and a half. You look at Tannehill, last three games, 24 rush yards, 29 and 18. He has been over the 14 and a half yards mark in eight contests this season. San Francisco, uh, they like to push pedal the metal defensively, really try to you know dial up the heat, uh, bring pressure on the pocket. The eighth 
highest pass rush rate of any team in the NFL. And eight quarterbacks have gone over this number, including the sloth-footed Matt Ryan, who is, uh, you put a red nose on that guy, he could play Rudolph, because it looks like he is dragging a sleigh of presence every time he tries to escape the pocket. Hell, Luddy, he went for 20 last week. If Matt Ryan could do it, you sure as hell can bet that Ryan Tannehill won't screw us. So fade or follow over 14 and a half rush yards for Ryan Tannehill. Oh, yeah, this is this is too low of a number. I'm actually with you. I'd play this up to probably 16 and a half. Maybe maybe you could talk me into that 17 and a half uh, 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 threshold. Get all the way up to there to the ceiling. I won't go any higher than that uh, because you always run the risk of having the uh, the backwards or you run the risk of the books, you know, trying to decide whether something's a sack or a kneel down. Um, so you're going to lose your yards. I'll take it up to the 16 and a half, but I like this one. You can scramble. Um, and we know that Tannehill, you know, people think of him as a statue. Man, he's not. He moves around. He gets around there he in does. the pocket and he manages to get yards. So, uh, you know, he's not TB12, uh, who is definitely a statue. Uh, but Tannehill <laughs> can get this number. I, I like this one. And I think it's going to be, you know, I think we're going to see it quite a few times actually in the game. So it may not be a lot of yards, but I think he's going to be forced to scramble, going to be forced to move a few times. Don't shoot your eye out, kid. Get us the over on rush yards, Ryan Tannehill. Number four. All right, let's move on. And we got a line that is moving, Lundy. Uh, I woke up uh, this morning, shook off the hung- hangover from uh, the celebratory evening I had. Uh, and, I, you know, I- I'm sorry, kind of, not really, uh, for Missouri Tigers fans. Because you want to talk about a brutal night. Uh, for your college team, uh, you lose to your arch rival, the University of Illinois, by 25 in the uh, showdown in St. Louis. And then within a matter of seconds, uh, last second field goal by Army clinches the W uh, for the the Army folks over Missouri in the Armed Forces Bowl last night. So uh, it was a rough night, uh, to say the least. Uh, a lot of... Uh, High-proof liquors uh, flowing to numb the pain for those Tigers fans out there. But George Kittle uh, is a guy that I think is going to absolutely roll tonight. I'm on the over 68.5 receiving yards, but again, that's what the line was this morning. It has now climbed to 72.5 universally at all the sports books with their standard juice, minus 115 or minus 114. Pick your poison there. Um I, I feel a little uncomfortable, honestly, Lenny, on the 72.5. I have a slight lean to the over. really like the 68.5 because I think he's going to be right around 70, 71, maybe 72 in the end. So, yar, Captain Hook could come into the picture here. But you look at Kittle these last several games. I mean, he has obliterated the total in three straight. Uh, over that stretch, 33 targets, 28 catches, 425 yards, three total touchdowns. He's number one in target share among all eligible tight ends, number two in air yards percentage, number two in total yak, number one in yards per route run. But the high watermark in yardage allowed by the Tennessee Titans, the tight end position this season, they gave up 7-65 to 65 to a guy you might have heard of, Travis Kelsey. So can Kittle rewrite the books this year uh, among tight ends going up against this Titans D. I say he does, but at 72 and a half, eh, that's close. Maybe what I would do uh, as a strategy, do a little same game parlay, get this number down a little bit, slap it together with his receptions on five or more, and maybe get that at plus odds or a very low minus odds juice. But again, uh, I am over 68 and a half. I would be slightly over on the 72 and a half, but fade or follow, Lundy, what's your feeling on Kittle? 
Uh, I don't like the 72 and a half. I'm going to uh, I'm going to stay away from that one. I don't have the lean to the over in that the 70 number feels right. Maybe 69. Nice would be a total that he can finish with. But I, I, 72 to me, I just feel like that is too high against this particular uh, defense. I think Tennessee can hold him down to that because, look, you said it. Kittle uh, is or Kittle is is along the lines of a Kelsey. But Kelsey's the only one that's even remotely been in that sort of playing range uh, from from a yardage standpoint. So, no, uh, I, it, I would absolutely same game this bad boy. Uh, if there is an option of like, you know, 55 plus 60 plus that you pair up with something, uh, depending upon the book that you've got, they all seem to set those thresholds at different spots. Uh, but I would say that I would take it in the same gamer. And if you really want to get crazy, same game it with an anytime touchdown for him. Ooh, that could probably be a nice little payday for you. Uh, but uh, 72, I'm staying away. So let's same game this thing unless you were lucky enough to grab it early in the week like Brad, in which case, eh, stop bragging. <laughs> uh, that is indeed the case. Uh, earn no Skittles, George Kittle. Number three. All right, let's move on, and let's live in the land down under on this next player prop. And this one's tied to Jeffrey Wilson Jr. Uh, I got the number at 77.5 rush receiving yards, Lundy. Uh, it is now dipped back down to 74.5. I think the lowest I saw this week was at 73.5, and I'd be under on everything. Uh, there is no Elijah Mitchell, so that is the good news for Jeff Wilson Jr. The bad news is twofold. One, Debo Samuel is going to play a prominent role as a rusher yet again, uh, probably going to get anywhere between, I would say, six to nine Nice uh, carries in this contest. And then you look at the matchup. And it is very unspectacular because the Tennessee Titans have allowed just 3.78 yards per carry, 100.5 total yards per game to all running backs this season. Only five rushers have gone over this total this year. And over the last four games, zero. Nunca. Zilch have done it. So, and that includes Najee Harris, who they really bottled up last week. I, I don't think he even cracked uh, 30 combined yards in that game, but didn't get a whole lot of touches. Uh, the volume, I think, will be there somewhat for Wilson. I'm expecting anywhere around 16 to 18 carries. He might get like a catch. Uh, he's very uninvolved as a receiver out of the backfield, but based on the unattractive matchup, based on the fact that Debo Samuel is going to eat into the volume for Wilson. Uh, and based on his large inefficiencies and some of the advanced analytics that are out there, I think the 77.5 rush receiving yards combined tucks under minus 115 at DraftKings. Vader, follow my man. Yeah, because this defense is not Atlanta. I mean, <laughs> right. let's, it's, you know, let, let's go back and look at it. Exactly. I mean, you know, sometimes you can get um, – Sometimes you can follow trends with certain players and you can say, OK, well, you've got, you know, this guy just did this or he had 18 carries or he had 21 carries, like uh, in the case of Wilson, uh, who did that against Atlanta for a buck 10. But I mean, come on, people, it's flipping Atlanta. I mean, you've got to pay attention to who the opponent is um, and, and what he can take advantage of this. This Tennessee defense, very different than Atlanta's because, oh, yeah, they play defense, um, which Atlanta does not. So I, I don't. I think he's just going to be in trouble. And I think the biggest thing for me is actually what you brought up a second ago. He's been fun from a betting standpoint. We've found a lot of good player props on him. But Debo Samuel is going to screw up Jeff Wilson Jr.'s usage 
uh, in some form or fashion. And yep. because Wilson, because Wilson is not involved uh, in the passing game um, it, to any extent that it's a that it's a big deal. I mean, he has yet to crack 10 yards receiving in a game. Um, so he's just not a guy that gets involved there. So you put those two things together. Um, th- this Tennessee defense should be able to hold him down. And I think. Uh, as you talked about, I think Shanahan's going to be a lot more interested in trying to find those ways to get the ball into Debo Samuel's hands than he is trying to figure out how to do that with Jeff Wilson Jr. So take the under. Yeah, no doubt about it. Fade Jeff Wilson Jr. Stick around for our top picks on Thursday Night Football Plus. Action in the NBA, college basketball, and maybe, maybe a bowl game pick or two in bonus time. Number two. All right, Lundy, uh, let's get back after it here on this Thursday Night Football Titans versus 49ers matchup. And uh, let's go off the beaten path with a name that a lot of people may not be all that familiar with, at least casual fans. Jawan Jennings of the San Francisco 49ers. And I'm taking the over. Now, I got it at 18 and a half when this line opened on receiving yards. Uh, it has now crept up to 20 and a half everywhere. Uh, the lightest use in the industry currently at FanDuel at minus 110 on the over. And that is my play here. You look at Jennings, season high 32 routes run last week against the Cincinnati, or two weeks ago against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he went for another 29 plus routes a week ago against Atlanta. And in back-to-back games, so against uh, Cincinnati, he went five targets, three catches, 46 yards. Against the ATL, six targets, three catches, 28 yards, and a touchdown. So he's been over in three of his last four. Uh, That snap share, as I mentioned, is really creeping up. And with Debo Samuel now being relegated to more of a rusher than a receiver with Elijah Mitchell out, that means Jennings is going to be even more utilized as a receiver out of the slot, and it'll work occasionally as well outside so fade or follow very low threshold here for Jawan Jennings on this number 20 and a half against a Tennessee Titans secondary that a lot of quarterbacks have thrown on all season long yeah you better hope though that he gets a huge chunk of it on one catch um you know for example against uh Minnesota he finished with 24 yards but 21 of those came on one catch uh against Cincinnati you were just talking about the five targets three catches 46 well 25 of those yards came on one catch uh so he obviously hit the over uh you know a one and done type of thing which we can hope for tonight but it clearly for him to get up into that kind of range from a uh receiving yards total uh he's got to break at least one of them to get you know a dozen 15 16 yards all at once so that's what I'm going to be looking for from him is hopefully somewhere in the first say half maybe trickling into the third quarter uh, that he picks up some sort of a catch but you're right this is the Debo Samuel factor again you're exactly right because he's lining up more um, from a rushing standpoint and that means that you've got uh, Jennings in a position to be able to make some catches so I like this one Um, I do think he can get over the 20 and a half even though this has jumped up a couple of yards but again look for him to get a big chunk if not all of it on one catch Jingle Bell Rock with Jawan Jennings. Number one. All right, let's move on to my top play on the board. Uh, let's get with it with Deonta Foreman, a guy that uh, they pulled off the scrap heap to the Tennessee Titans, uh, trying to find that critical replacement for Derrick Henry, and he's done more than a serviceable job. Now, Lonnie, this number has jumped all over the place this week. It opened at 50 and a half. 
Uh, I got it at a low of, well, the ultra low was 44.5. I think I locked it in at 45.5 and and it's now jumped back up to 48.5, although the high watermark is even higher than the original line. At FanDuel, it's at 51.5 on his rush yards prop. So at the 48.5 at MGM or Caesars or DraftKings, let's use that as a measuring stick, and I will take the over. MGM with a lighter juice at minus 111. You look at Foreman. Uh, a player that's gone over the century mark in two of his last three games, accumulating an appreciable and respectable 3.06 yards after contact per attempt. So a very strong downhill runner with that big bruising body, uh, picking up all that uh, yardage after initial contact. You look at San Francisco last five games, only giving up. 3.86 yards per carry and just 64.0 rush yards per game to the running back position, but eight tugboats have plowed ahead for the over on the 45 and a half, and I believe it's seven that have gone over the 50-yard threshold against the Gold Panthers this season. So Lundy at 48 and a half, Deonta Foreman, are you going to fade or follow my overplay again, MGM at minus 111? God, I don't like this number. Don't really? like it at all. Yeah, I just there's because here's the thing. Every now and then, Brad, when the books do this sort of thing, I am left scratching my head going, what are they thinking with this number? This just seems too low. But then I sit back and I realize that these guys are a lot smarter than I am. So then I go, all right, what am I missing? Where, where am I? Because to me, I, I feel like this should be a higher number than this. I feel like he should be able to get up into the mid 50s, maybe even the upper 50s. And then I look at a number that's low like this and I go, all right, what do these assholes know that I don't? <laughs> There's something. Math. Creeping they know right math, now. Lundy. Well, they do know math, as you well know. My 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 son, the engineering uh, uh, student at the University of Illinois, uh, has proven to me how little I know. Uh, every <laughs> time I see him uh, when he comes home from college, and I'm like, "Yeah, I everything you just said, JJ, makes absolutely no sense to me." Um, so yeah, I'm I'm reminded of of the intelligence frequently. Um, I will take the over, but I just because ah, again, this seems stupid low to me. I really do believe that he should be pushing into the mid uh, to, to high 50s. So the fact that this number is low like it is has me scratching my head. I can't figure it out, dude. Well, I I, I, out. here's here's my only explanation. And, you know, again, I'm a dunderhead as well and a dimwit and I'm terrible at math. Uh, see my track record in calculus in college. But uh, I think it has everything to do with sample size. It's just so limited that, you know, these algorithms, they crank out automatic numbers based on the data that is given to them. You know, the hard numbers. Uh, that are you know baked into the formula overall, and you know I think the initial number uh, explains that when it came out at fifty and a half, you know he he had been over in two of his last three, but that's basically it uh, as him as the primary ball carrier for this team, uh, and then you you know take into the account that San Francisco is has been relatively stout against the run uh, over the last five weeks and for much of the season. And you can come to the conclusion, okay, that's where they generated that number. But the fact that it's under 50 and the fact that he's getting double-figure carries, uh, you know, these last several games, and they're really leaning on him more and more and more. And, you know, from my viewpoint, I think Tennessee is going to be in a positive game script scenario. Not so much for you, and maybe that, you know, is baked into your hesitancy here. But I have zero reluctance. I think Foreman gets over this, and I think he's going to finish somewhere in the 60s. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if he finds the end zone as well. So have no fear. I'm taking it over on Foreman. 
All right, Lundy, before we get on out of here, anything else that is uh, tickling your fancy on this Christmas Eve Eve, uh, whether it's Thursday night football, uh, whether it's maybe college football, the bowl season underway, uh, college basketball, NBA, what else you got on your card? Uh, well, I'll throw this out there for you. While we were doing the pod, I figured out that if you took uh, George Kittle uh, on a same-game parlay over 55 uh, yards receiving and an anytime touchdown, you get plus 185. So Woo! I went and did the math for everybody nice. there during the pod. So that's <laughs> well, what that, well played. Uh, well played. That, that's what that same gamer is. Uh, if you are a big-time believer in San Francisco, uh, DraftKings has a boost right now for Debo Samuel to score twice. Uh, in the Ooh. game, and that is boosted to plus 700. Uh, really? And I'm pretty sure he's going to score once, so it could be worth, you know, just a little sprinkling just in case he decides to find the end zone a second time. But uh, I'll throw those two out there for you for Thursday night. Then let's talk about the bowl games. It is not the Sasparilla Bowl. It is the Gasparilla Bowl, uh, and that is UCF against Florida. Um, folks, take UCF. Do, are you aware of all the weirdness that's going on with Florida uh, for this particular bowl game, first of all, they're Florida, which means they probably are looking back and saying, if it doesn't involve uh, the New Year's Day or a college football playoff, we don't give a crap. Uh, <laughs> so that is part of it. But here's the thing. The quarterback that is going to start for Florida is Emory Jones. He has already said that he is transferring after this game. OK, so let's start there. Yeah. He doesn't give a crap because he's not going to be playing for this team next year. We know that Florida fired their head coach and they named an interim head coach who has already been told by the next coaching staff that he is not going to be retained. So he is much like his quarterback. He has like not only one foot, but like one leg and half of his torso already out the door. Meanwhile, you've got UCF. This matters to a school like UCF. They want to look good in a bowl game. So I think part of the emotional play here is just the fact that UCF actually gives a crap and Florida doesn't. Um, so between those two in the Gasparilla Bowl, UCF is catching seven and I'm all over it. All right. I like that quite a bit. That's an emphatic play. Uh, there by Lenny. I, I'm with you. Uh, I would take uh, the Golden Knights as well of UCF and the points. Uh, let's go to the NBA, shall we? Uh, how about Max Struess, uh, who's been quite the revelation uh, for the Miami Heat? I'm going to take the over 19 and a half points plus rebounds. Pull this one from FanDuel. At minus 118, and look at the last three games in which he has played at least 34 minutes. Uh, he went 18 and 7, 24 and 4, and 32 and 7. And it doesn't look like PJ Tucker is going to be back, and uh, Jimmy Butler as well, also unlikely to suit up in this game. And he gets Detroit, who, by the way, he just last week went for 24 and 4 against, uh, and the Pistons have been dreadful defensively. Number 22 in adjusted defensive efficiency on the season, number 25 in the NBA. Uh, in terms of opponents' rebounds per game. So uh, you know, way up there in terms of the matchup. So I think Max Drews gets over on the 19.5 points plus rebounds. Uh, stick in the NBA, let's go to the late-night tip and talk about the Spurs and Lakers matchup. And DeJounte Murray, give me the over, 17.5 rebounds plus assists. And I'm going to break out the and sledgehammer the over on that. Uh, he has done this twice against the Lakers on that over. 12 and 15 he had in the first matchup back in October. And then in the rematch in the middle of November, 10 and 10. So he's cruised by this without any difficulty. He's been over in three of his last five. Lakers have got up the third most rebounds per game to opponents this season. The sixth most, most assists per game to opponents as well. Uh, how about a two-legger in college basketball on the money line, meaning they just got to win straight up? Give me the Johnnies at home against Butler, and give me BYU in the Diamond 
head invitational, the classic over in Hawaii uh, to take down Vandy. Both of those win at plus 117. The Johnnies coming off that inexcusable home loss of Pittsburgh. They're going to control tempo. Butler relishes half court. Uh, that is the antithesis of St. John's. Number 14 in tempo, so they're going to play at a breakneck pace. They force a lot of mistakes, which is a problem for the Butler Bulldogs is shackling the orange. Uh, plus, Butler cannot put the ball through the hoop. Number 253 in the country and an effective field goal percentage offense. Meanwhile, for BYU, it's all about balance. Uh, it's a top 26 team and adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. Vandy cannot hit the broadside of a barn from distance. Number 299 in the country and three-point percentage offense. Uh, if BYU limits the turnovers, they will cruise to an easy victory over Jerry Stackhouse's Vanderbilt Commodores. And then one last play tonight in the NFL, Lundy, if uh, you don't mind humoring me here for a moment. Uh, but looking at uh, the player props market in this game, I got a, an anytime touchdown for Debo Samuel. Earlier in the week at plus 138, it's minus 110 at most books uh, out there. I, I would entertain that or maybe slap that together. Uh, on a same-game parlay. He scored in five straight games and is chasing that record for most rushing TDs by a wide receiver in a season. And I also like the over on Brandon Ayuk yards. I got it at 47.5. It's up to 50.5. I'd play that up to 52.5. I think he's going to catch a couple of chunk gainers, and that's all it's going to take for him to get on the over, uh, considering 24 guys have hit the 50-yard mark against the Tennessee Titans secondary. Odds are strong. This one's going to cash. And with that, that is a wrap on this edition of the Feed the Noise podcast. Follow Lundy on Twitter at Nate Lundy. Follow me there at Noisy Cuevas. Drop us a rating and a review if you don't mind. Would you kindly? And as always, until next time, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the Noise.